listening to a Cool Truth podcast production. What's up? What's up? What's up, baby? Cool Truth Retro Mania Wrestling Podcast Network. Cool Truth Podcast Productions. I am the icon AC. What's up, everybody? And as luck would have it, I'm flying solo tonight. The one and only professor, Mr. White House. And of course, of course... The architect, well, the architect is that a new name for for Edwards? Okay, we'll go with it. We'll go with it. I was going with something else, and the architect just came out. <laughs> the mastermind is what I meant to say. The architect, the mastermind, the Renaissance man, the one and only Mister Hollywood Jeff Edwards, the executive producer of Cool Truth News. He is not with us either. Both have other obligations, which is fine. We will uh, we'll fly solo. We'll uh, we'll give you a little uh, AEW Dynamite breakdown. I didn't want to leave you guys hanging so close to the full gear pay per view. Um, and have a little surprise for you at the end of the show. A little programming surprise we'll get to, but we'll wait to the end. Want to make. I want to make you listen all the way through to get to the big surprise. <laughs> Which you're going to listen all the way through because I'm going to entertain you for a, probably like an hour by myself. We're going to try to pull this off. I haven't done a solo show in a while. So uh, if I'm a little rusty solo, bear with me. I I took notes because I, I didn't know how else to do this. I'm like, usually I can kind of rely on the, the guy on the right or the left. Be like, hey, you know what? <laughs> You know, how are we doing here? It's a little bit later than I'd uh, normally be doing this show because I really, uh, I got home from work and I watched it and I really delved into it so we could uh, talk about it properly here. But before we get to that, as we've been talking about for the last few weeks, and as we are now, and it's past midnight on Wednesday, so we're into Thursday the 29th. We have the 29th, the 30th, the 31st, the 1st, the 2nd. Whew. So basically five full days until the big day. And I'm going to say what I've been saying the last few weeks. I'd love to say I don't care who you vote for, but I really do. But I'm not going to put any pressure on you. But please go out and vote. Not just for president. Vote down the ticket. Uh, depending on where you are, there's probably a big race in the Senate or Congress. you got to think about there's probably big races in your local legislatures. That you have to think about, and your your very local politicians. The one thing, and I'll say this again, that the Wuhan coronavirus, COVID nineteen from China, has taught us is that who we elect on all levels matters. 
So please go out and vote. And and listen, I know we're all bombarded with all this. You go on social media, they're in your face. Did you register? Did you do this? Did you do that? There's actually a way to turn it off on Facebook, somebody taught me, which is fantastic. But it really doesn't matter because every other website I go on, they want me to do, oh, did you register? Did you do this? Did you do that? Did you check your thing? And everybody wants you to vote early. I'm trying to be a traditionalist here. I'm trying to vote on, on the day. And I got to say, I was driving home from work tonight and I was my anxiety was through the roof. And I'm like, should I vote early just in case? Cases are surging in Connecticut. You know, we're up to like a 4% positivity rate. The sky's falling. I'll probably be podcasting every night because I'll be stuck in my house again. You know, um, but make sure you get out and get sun. Get that vitamin D. I'm not a doctor, but I did read an article today that 80% of the people in the hospital with the Wuhan coronavirus from China were vitamin D deficient. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. But anyway, let's get into AEW Dynamite. Once again, go out and vote. Get into... (laughs) Um, I gotta say, this is a pretty good episode of Dynamite. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm gonna get on some things, as we always do, but there's a lot I liked. Uh, I'm kind of... I would say, not kind of, I would say that it's a decent build to full gear. But I'm your White House has been on this for a few weeks, and I got you know I gotta throw him props on this one. He called this a few weeks ago. He goes, This is shaping up to be one of their better pay-per-view cards yet. And he wasn't wrong. And and at the time I kind of said, Well, let's see it. It was a lot of implied matches, but now we're getting them. Um they actually gave us the matches uh, so far later in the show, and I'll go through them. Um, it's very good. Now, the one thing I need AEW to do next week, the one thing we all need AEW to do next week, can we have a real go-home show, please, like a real one? There's one thing that's on that show that's irking the shit out of me, but I can't get to it now because it, it played out later in the show, and it's it's irking me. But I don't want to. I don't want to let it steal my thunder. I don't want to let it steal... Uh, from the other parts of Dynamite that I did enjoy. So let's just kick it off here. Um, we opened with an MJF promo. Uh, it, it, uh, in the back with Wardlow. Um, MJF. Uh, listen, anytime he's on the screen, it's a big deal. They're doing a lot with him, with this Jericho, uh, with this inner circle thing they're doing here. Uh, we're going to talk... We're gonna talk a little. We're gonna talk a lot about that uh, throughout the show here. Interesting. What I found interesting uh, in this promo, aside from the the Sammy Guevara fault, Sammy Guevara part, he MJF kind of put over his match with Matt um, at the pay per view. Said he enjoyed what he's doing there. Sammy threw down his oversized jacket, which was which was funny. <laughs> he said, MJF said he looked like the guy that's selling Adderall to middle schoolers. I thought I thought that was hilarious. Um, so that was really all you got for promoting the Hardy match. Uh, this show, Sammy Guevara is in a weird spot. He's one guy with the inner circle, and he's another guy with this Matt Hardy stuff. A um, lot of ways they could go with Sammy here. Uh, not opposed to a babyface turn. After this Matt thing, not opposed to getting him out of the inner circle, but I'm not opposed to also keeping him there uh, under the right circumstances either. But the the major takeaway I had from this 
was MJF said, now this is the lead up to the first master tonight, which will be Wardlow versus Hangman for the first spot in the finals of the tourney to get your your title shot at the winner of Moxley or Eddie at the pay-per-view. Um, and it's Wardlow Hangman. And they're saying, you know, Wardlow, Wardlow could get the the number one the, the number one contender, get the title match. And MJF's like, hold, hold on a second. He goes, Wardlow's under contract with me. Even if he was to win this match, win the next one, and then win the title, that title's mine. And, you know, Wardlow's like, yeah, whatever, Max. Um, I, I, I'm I ready for them to do a lot more with Wardlow. Uh, and let's get into it here. They head into the match. Wardlow, Hangman, uh, Slobber Knocker. That's what I expected. Um, the match was really good. Uh, they're honest. They, they got something big with Wardlow. They, they really do. Um, you know, we've talked about it in the past. White House has been talking about it recently. You know, they're on to something with Wardlow. Wardlow is headed to superstardom, I think. I really he could he could he could definitely go. He's getting better every time you see him in the ring. Uh he looks like a million bucks. Uh this guy is the part. <laughs> you know, he, he he checks all the boxes. He really does. The one thing I'll say about this match, too much top rope stuff. He doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. Um the the one where he did kind of the swanton and missed. I like that one. Uh, the the fighting with Hangman on the top rope, you know, I I didn't need that from either one. They both kind of took their top rope shot. I could I would have had enough. I would have had enough with that. Um, Hangman obviously did the. Uh, I think he did like a moonsault or something and hit Wardlow. Wardlow was out of the ring, um, which is fine from Hangman. Like I said, Wardlow took the. the it looked like a swanton to me. Um, if it's not, don't kill me. Um, he missed it. Fine there. They both took their top rope shot. Uh, JR kind of got on Wardlow like, you're kicking his ass. Why are you going to the top rope? Great question. I'm, o- I'm still okay with the spot. I just think going there the third and fourth time, I don't know that we needed that. I don't know that either one of them needed it, and I damn sure don't think Wardlow needed it. I, um, there was a great spot where Wardlow threw Hangman into the uh, the barrier, and he didn't just throw Like, he elevated him. I was like, that, is, that was sweet. Um uh, you know, again, a really good match. Hangman gets the win. Uh, they protected Wardlow in the sense that he hit not one but two of the uh, cowboy, you know, flip lariat there. That uh, is obviously Hangman's finishing maneuver. He hit him with the first one. And what I loved about this is they didn't do what you'd expect them to do. Hit him with the first one, he goes down. He kicks out at two. Hit him with the second one, and he and he pin him. They, I liked what they did better. He cracked him with the first one. He was clearly out of it. Hangman quickly ran, did the second one, got him down, got the one, two, three. And there's something that Warlow did, and I hope you guys saw it, and I hope everybody watching saw it, that I loved. After the three count, he was trying to kick out. And you're probably thinking to yourself, why is that a big deal? And why do I love it so much? And why am I even bringing it up? Why? That's a little bit of realism. Do you watch MMA fights? Do you ever watch the MMA fights where a guy is like clearly out and the ref the ref will pull a guy off him and then the guy will like go after like a one-legged, you know, takedown on the ref because because his his instinct is he's still fighting because he's clearly out of it. Wardlow trying to kick out after the three count. He's out of it. He's disoriented. 
but he's not all the way out, and he's still kind of fighting. I thought that was awesome by Wardlow. It's a it's a little detail. I'm sure like nobody's going to make a big deal out of it. You're probably all sitting there saying like, why am I even bringing it up? I just thought it was really cool that he 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 he's selling it. He's selling it. I'm digging. I'm I am 100% on the Wardlow train right now. Now they could fuck it up because they fuck up a lot. So listen, uh, let's uh, you know we're gonna get into something. There's a couple things on this show where I'm just like my head is still spinning. But anyway, uh, yo, kudos to Wardlow, kudos to Hangman, um, kudos to this tournament. This tournament was everything you wanted out of it. Um, we have one more match to get to. There's a, a lot of levels on that one too. Um, but this this for all intents and purposes to this point has worked. For AEW this tournament, um, so we get we throw you got to throw the kudos where they are. Once again, cool truth. If I like it, I tell you. If I if I don't like it, I tell you. Uh, just trying to be fair. But kudos to Wardlow. Kudos to Hangman. Good match. Um, again, a little too much on the top rope. Awesome finish. And I love Wardlow go, selling it all the way. Love it. We get on a. Uh, we move on from there. We get a Moxley promo. Uh, kind of looks like he's in a gym after a workout. And he's talking smack on Eddie, basically saying it's not about crybabies, asking for wins and this and that. I'm not defending this title. I'm, I'm taking it to him type of thing. Um, you know, all right, we got a Moxley. You know, you know, I'm, I'm not knocking the promo. It wasn't bad. It, it's, it's one of those things where Moxley's, Moxley's bar for these promos, I think, is set very high, especially these pre-recorded ones. And this one didn't do a lot for me. It was decent, but it didn't do a lot for me. We'll just leave it at that. Um, we get Eddie headed out to the ring uh, with a commercial break. Why not just go to commercial and then cap? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, maybe you know the seven fans they let in needed needed to see Eddie in the ring by himself. You know they act like all these fans. It's it's all wrestlers around the ring, and there's like seven fans in masks trying to sing Jericho's song. You can't even hear him. Anyway, I digress. Um, Back row commercials, it's Eddie Kingston versus Seidel. You got to get into Eddie promo first, fully expected. He actually, <laughs> he kicked the cameraman out of the ring. <laughs> what are you doing in my ring? You to train? I thought it was, and Justin Roberts was like looking around. Justin Roberts saw it too because he's looking around like, is he going to kick me out next? You know. Um, so you get the, uh, you get Eddie Kingston. Uh, and he's, he he's, one thing Eddie's very good at is he's, He's telling this story right now like he's he's mad at everybody. I wasn't eliminated in the in the battle royal. I wasn't I didn't I didn't you know I didn't tap or I didn't you know I didn't lose to Moxley. He's got this whole thing. And now he's mad at Seidel for stealing his thunder because Seidel obviously made his debut. Um he was the uh the Joker card or whatever you want to call it, the twenty one. Um I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know if that's a correct explanation for it. I don't really play cards, but whatever. Um, but he's mad at Seidel because Seidel stole his thunder by by debuting at the pay-per-view in the Battle Royale, whatever. So now he has to fight Seidel. So um, we haven't seen a lot of Seidel since he's debuted, so here we go. Uh, there was one other thing he did during his promo when he was talking about he didn't lose the Battle Royale. He goes, high lads and waves. And we got Lance Archer and Jake the Snake sitting in the crowd. Well, in the crowd. 
crowd. <laughs> AEW's crowd's like a fucking Joe Biden rally. <laughs> the crowd. <laughs> They're sitting in an empty section of 50,000 seats. Anyway. <laughs> thank, I mean, thank God they showed them on this show. I mean, White House would be sitting there telling me, well, is it better that they, they showed them or that they didn't show them? <laughs> I love breaking his balls about that. I mean, come, come on. I mean, at least you saw Lance. <laughs> thank God. Thank God. I mean, Lance, they bring Lance back, put him in a program, he loses, and he disappears again. I mean, this is, I mean, I gotta tell you, they are creative at over there at AEW. This idea of sticking people in the, in the, uh, in the stands, we'll say. We can't call it the audience because I don't have one. Uh, <laughs> He's, he's sitting there by himself with Jake. Whoa, yeah. And he makes like a smirk. Okay. Hey, Lance. It's like, wait. Hey, hey, we'll see you in three weeks. <laughs> Thanks for showing up. Jeez. Uh, uh, Lance, I'm sorry. Go back to New Japan. <laughs> Go leave. Do something. Join, join, <laughs> join the Dark Order. Do something with this guy. Please. Oh God! Anyway, oh man. <laughs> so anyway, we get to match with Eddie inside out. Uh, it's and Eddie wins the match with the. Uh, oh, fuck! I can't even remember the name of the submission off the top of my head. I should have. I should have typed that one out. Uh, the submission that Moxley used to beat Eddie the last time they fought for the title, and he puts it on Seidel. Gets the win and keeps it on him. Gets the mic in the ring and makes him say I quit. But he's calling him Moxley the whole time. So that you had that there. I mean, okay. You know, Eddie's you know, doing his best to sell this whole thing. Um, and there you have it. Eddie Eddie beats Seidel. I mean, obviously, like, he's not going to lose headed into his title match anyway. But you get a little, you get a little tie-in to the, uh, the title match. He also called Moxley out for not being there. And you want to know something? Although I love that he called him out. If I'm AEW, he's making a great point there. Uh, He's making a great point, which every fan should be like, why in the... mm, Fuck. I I could say fuck. (laughs) It's my podcast. Uh, is, Is the champion not on TV every stinking week? Why? Just I'm just asking. We'll leave that one there. We move on. Now, this is where your head, well, my head started to spin. We get an interview session with the Young Bucks sitting with with Excalibur. And then you have FTR and Tully, and they're in a separate location. I guess they're trying to do this Zoom interview or separate interview type thing. I mean, to really sell it, wouldn't you have had, like, Excalibur in one location, the Bucks in one location, FTR and Tully in one location? I don't know. That's not what they did. All right, let's leave that there. Initially, when Excalibur is talking to the Young Bucks, it's about Matt's ankle, the ankle injury. I'll be fine. Nick could carry me in the ring. We're going we're gonna to take this fight. Blah, 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 blah. Okay, and in my mind, I'm like, all right. If this is a real interview, Excalibur needs to bring up the Young Bucks' behavior the last few weeks. And now let's finally get an explanation for it. Uh, we get a little we get a little back and forth with Tully 
or with FTR uh, and the Bucks. And then Excalibur actually asked the question. Not in the way I would have asked it, but he brought it up kind of indirectly. It was weird the way he brought it up. But he did bring it up. And then FTR storms off and says, oh, you only want to talk to them. You don't want to talk to us type of thing. So we're going to get out of here. Um, okay, fine. Uh, no problem there. Here's where it gets weird for me. And I'm, I mean, I'll get to the stipulation in a second. Because that, that, if I get on that rant, we, we, need, we need a minute for that one too. Here's where it gets weird. They start talking about this. And Matt says, sometimes good people do bad things. And, like, it, 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 there's no explanation. We're frustrated because we're we're losing. And this year hasn't gone the way we wanted it to go. The way we wanted it to go. Okay, that little... That part of it I get. But then he goes on to say... We needed to get our edge back. So you're getting your edge back by super kicking announcers and referees. What? I, am I the only one that's like, what? And Nick's kind of, you know, sitting there too. And they, they talk to Nick and it's, we're, you know, we're self-made and we're this, which is all true. But it's almost like the they, the Young Bucks were almost making some kind of heel turn. And now it's like, no, 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 please, guys. We're, we're the Young Bucks still. Uh, like us again. Love us. It's, that's almost the, the what I got out of it. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'll leave that there. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to spend a lot more time on this. You guys know my feelings. I think the whole thing sucks. I think it's been horrible since they started it. Everything the Young Bucks have done since the pay-per-view has not been good. And I'm, I'm going to put this one right in the same file. And then the stipulation, the stipulation, Nick says, I'm not sure I agree with it, but Matt brought it up and we'll go with it. And all I have to ask is why? 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 Why do this again? Why paint paint yourselves into these corners, AEW? I don't understand. You want to know what the stipulation is? Well, you watch, so you know. (laughs) If we lose, we can never wrestle for the tag team titles again. Come on. This is this this is not adding drama. This is not creative. This is not fun. It's stupid. It was stupid when they did it with Cody. It's even stupider. And I'm using that word. Stupider. Stupid ER. It's stupider. It's stupider than when they did it with Cody. <laughs> Jesus I mean, why do this again? Why? This match doesn't need a stipulation. It's FTR versus the stinking Young Bucks. It sells itself. It sells itself. You know. You know. You know what? You know what? Uh, Cash Wheeler said before before they stormed off, which made all the sense in the world. 
This is not only a match for the Tag Team Championships of AEW. This is a match to decide the best tag team in the world. Why is that not enough? <laughs> Dad, guess what? And he's like, Tony Khan is like, you know, I can see a picture there. He's like, oh, yeah, I, I threw out there again. The Young Bucks can never win the title again. And now, I wanted to root for FTR. No, I have to root for the Young Bucks. I have to root for them. I wonder what happens if they lose. What are you going to create another where TNT Tag Team titles will have the Young Bucks win those and defend them every week? Where have we seen that before? And I got a, I got a little thing about Cody I'll get to at the end of the show also. Come on, AEW. This match didn't need that. In fact, it's, it pisses me off now. I wanted the roof for FTR in this match. I don't think it's time to take the belts off them. But I don't think we could go down this road again either now. Stupid. Err. All right. Hopefully over the weekend, uh, we'll get some of the boys on and we can talk about that. Because I really love to hear. Hey, listen. Put in the comments. Reach out on Twitter. Instagram. Whatever. I'd love to hear people's thoughts about that stipulation. I think it's freaking terrible. But uh, I really do want to hear people's thoughts. All right, after that, we get the town hall meeting. Dasha Gonzalez and Tony Schiavone are the moderators. Apparently, we need two moderators. Uh, Jericho, MJF. Of course, the inner circle with Jericho. No Hager. Hager's preparing for a Bellator fight. So you had LAX and uh, Sammy with uh, Jericho. So they do the uh, question question part of this. Luchasaurus asks a question. MJF answers. All right. Britt Baker and her stooge there. I forget her name. Her stooge is bubbly all over Jericho. And Britt Baker asked the question. I, I, you know what? I can't even remember what these questions were because they're probably stupid anyway. Uh, Peter Avalon, the librarian dude, who they didn't call him the librarian, whatever. Um, but Peter Avalon asks if he could join Inner Circle, which everybody got a chuckle out of that, and they said no. And then you have Eric B. I forget where they build him from, but it's Eric B. And I'm like, Eric B? It was Bischoff. So Bischoff comes out, and Bischoff asks uh, multiple questions. Uh, called Jericho a prima donna, which Jericho's pissed off about, and he starts rambling on, and Tony Schiavone tells him to shut up. Um, and they, uh, it kind of plants the seed for the questions between MJF and Inner Circle, whether it's the right move to bring him in there, because Bischoff raised the question that, he raised he raised the idea that uh, Jericho is a prima donna, and now MJF is also a prima donna. So what keeps you from killing each other? Type of thing. And uh, Jericho, at, you know, re- reiterates that question and wants an answer from MJF. They go face to face, sort of, and decide that Jericho now challenges MJF for, to a match 
at the pay-per-view, at full gear. If he wins, he's in inner circle. If he loses, obviously he's not in inner circle. Um, I'll wait till the preview show. I have an idea about how this could go. They probably won't do it because they never do any of the fun ideas that I'd like. But anyway, um, MJF drives home the point that he will do anything to win this match. Which Ortiz now has a mic in his hand and goes after MJF. Basically saying him and Sammy don't want him in inner circle. Uh, Hager's off doing his own thing. And Santana's wishy-washy on the whole thing. So he challenges MJF and Wardlow to a match next week. Um, versus him versus Ortiz and Sammy Guevara. So you have uh, MJF Wardlow versus Ortiz and Sammy Guevara next week. And then you have Jericho versus MJF for a spot in the inner circle at full gear, uh, which I said last week, I was kind of up and down on this whole thing. And watching this town hall, I was leaning more towards this really sucks until the match. The match between MJF and Jericho. This I'm all about. This I'm all about. I like this. So we'll see We'll see where it goes from here. Uh, I Halfway through this town hall, I my thought was I'd come on the show and trash this whole thing until the match. I like this idea. So, And there's a lot of ways they could go with it. We'll see what happens, but there's a lot of ways they could go with it. Another uh, pre-recorded backstage type segment with Team Taz. Just Taz speaking, they're giving you highlights of Will Hobbs from uh, Dark the night before. Um, And they showed a highlight of Brian Cage and The Rick, who's still wearing Britt Britt Baker's pants. Um, (laughs) uh, Come on, I gotta throw one zinger in there. Just a little one, a little one. Anyway, uh... They're beating down Darby Allen, and Hobbs comes out for the save, but never really makes contact. And you know, uh, Taz's base his basic point here is he'd love you know Will Hobbs's money. Will Hobbs fits their team; he fits everything they're doing. They want him on the team, but it's getting to the point where it should or get off the pot. So we'll see what happens uh, with that with Hobbs. Um, and they're still in this uh, Darby Allen situation here. Um, they're they're keeping that out there with uh, Ricky Starks and Darby Allen and even Brian Cage and Darby Allen to an extent. Um, moving on from there, we get to the uh, we get to the um, the uh, TNT title title match, the Lumberjack match with Orange Cassidy and Cody. They went the Lumberjack route. Uh, this is kind of I, I I don't dislike it. Um, whatever, it's a Lumberjack match. Uh, okay, I mean. We've seen. It's not like we haven't seen these before. It's they don't do them a lot anymore. This is this screams Cody. Um, no problem with that at all. Um, you know, you had pr- pretty much what you would expect. Some of the Dark Order out there. You had the Gun Club out there. You had some of uh, you know some of the, uh, the the Nightmare Family out there and and um, best friends out there and others. Uh, there was a. Uh, <laughs> of course, my guy out. My guy was out there. Silver. 
I love it. I love Silver number four. I, I love this guy. They gotta they gotta get this guy in a dark order and make do something. Make a baby. Make a. I don't care. Make him heal. I I I need to see more of Silver. I he I, he he's one of those guys that every time you see him, like if you watch anything that's going on in the background, he's doing something and it just makes you laugh. I love guys like that. He's he reminds me. I was thinking about this tonight when I was watching it, and I was watching him walk around because he's like he's like the guy who's like four nine, but he's like he he's pretty stocky for his height, but he walks around like he's you know six five. And I used to have this uh, I used to have this coach high school football, Jimmy Coet. Shout out Jimmy Coet, I loved him. One of my favorite coaches I ever had, uh, and he he was like that, not as stocky as Silver, but he was shorter, and he he just knew what to say to me to get me to like. I, I, I really never had a motivation problem playing football, but, you know, it's something that, like, takes you to that next level. And, uh, you know, one time we had a nutcracker drill, and it, we, had, we were having a really shitty practice, and he, like, got up in my face, and he's like, fired his fucking team up, and blah, 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 blah. And uh, uh, this it's really a story for another day, but that happened. Um, I also, a teammate got hurt, which is never a good thing, but I kind of laid some lumber there, and... Uh, everybody going crazy and it's what he was looking for and the whole thing, whatever. And I one game, the local kid used to be in our town, switched to another town and, you know, he's the, the, the great running back and we're, we're, we're walking out on the field before the game and he's like, this kid isn't fucking Emmett Smith. He's not fucking Barry Sanders. And I'm just like, ah! I think I had like 18 tackles in that game. I was just out of my tree. And he just knew everything, everything you could say to get me to like, he knew what to say, and he rem- and Silver reminds. I-, I think that's probably why I find him so funny because he's like that short, like Napoleonic complex. Like, <laughs> but um, anyway, I'm rambling here on Silver, but I, I <laughs> literally Silver is stealing the Dark Order. <laughs> he really, he, if he ever ran it, it'd be a comedy act. I, would, I probably wouldn't even care at that point. <laughs> he's he's literally. If there's anybody in the Dark Order I want to see, it's Silver. So anyway, um, you have the match with Cody and uh, Orange. I, I Listen, I know a lot of us are down on Orange. This match didn't do a lot for me, for Cody. Cody putting on the weight, getting bigger here. Still moves and wrestles like Cody, but I could see more of them. Uh, these Orange Cassidy type things aren't going to work for Cody anymore. We need We need to get in more of the big boys here. Let's get more of the big boys in here. You know, maybe let's go, let's revisit Lance. Let's, let's do something here. Um, obviously we got Darby coming up at the pay-per-view. Darby Allen's an outlier in these type of things. He's, he, cause he's such a nut. It kind of, it works better. The orange thing didn't work for me. They did do a cool spot and it, it was totally predictable that it was coming. Cause like every, every lumberjack like was like waiting for 20 minutes, like, are they going to do it now? You know, like it's one of those. And it's like, you know, when you're 10, you don't notice that. But when you've been watching wrestling for 30 years, you're just like, all right, so one of them's going to jump into that pile, right? Or is it going to be both of them? Oh, no, he's going to suplex them. Boom. And Cody suplexed them uh, onto the pile. Cody hit the pile, gets him back in the ring. And then all hell kind of breaks loose. Uh, the ref's distracted. And Silver comes in. My boy Silver smashes smashes orange and stands in the middle of the ring. He's I don't even know if he's four nine, he's like four six. And he just flexes. And he's like, oh! 
Oh man, I will. Uh, I can't get it. I hope he kicks Orange Cassidy's ass. Uh, we'll get into that in a minute. Uh, but and then Cody comes in, crossroads, one, two, three. Cody retains. All oh, hell breaks loose in the ring. Um, and uh, we 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 head. We head to the stands again. I mean, how many times are we gonna now? Yeah, now Lance was lower, so what we had to do with Darby, we we got to put him way up, way up away from everybody. Darby watching uh, Cody from afar. I mean, why don't they just put him in the rafters and just like let's like right sting in his paint or something? Like, come on, like are you trying to get these comparisons with this shit? Uh, why don't you just have him carry a bat and wear a trench coat? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anyway, um, so moving on from there, backstage segment, uh, best friends run into Miro and Sabian in the hallway, uh, Miro and, uh, Sabian kind of try to make amends, uh, Penelope comes in and says something stupid, it's kind of a, I don't know, just like a weird spot, uh, they're trying to hand them, uh, Halloween candy, and they end up throwing the candy in their face, and they end up in one of the locker rooms, and they're fighting. And you know, Miro kicks the shit out of Trent, and uh, Sabian unwraps another, you know, I don't know, controller board for his hollow game thing that they broke. <sighs> anyway, all right, so that happened. Then we get news that a there is a new NWA Women's Champion, which I actually had seen on the internet earlier in the day, uh, Serena Deeb has uh, beat Thunder Rosa for the NWA Championship and taken a red eye across the country, because it apparently was in California uh, just yesterday, and takes a red eye to defend her title on Dynamite. Uh, She's 1-2 and in AEW, so, I mean, again, I know these sports-centric records matter. Anyway, um, she's taking on and defending against legit Layla Hirsch. Who I've never seen before. Maybe she's been on Dark. Uh, maybe she's been on a Dynamite and I just missed it. Uh, I've never seen her before. And one... one and here, I'm going to nitpick. but I, I don't know why it annoyed me. But Justin Roberts announces her. Says she's from Russia. And then Excalibur is going on and on about her extensive amateur wrestling in New Jersey. <laughs> so, from Russia by way of New Jersey... <laughs> I mean, I guess she could have been born in Russia and moved to New Jersey. It just—it was just weird. Anyway, I, I don't know why it annoyed me, but it did. I'll, I'll let that one go. I mean, the match was all right. Uh, nothing really to write home about. Uh, Serena Deeb isn't terrible. She's not Thunder Rosa, and she gets to win. So there we go. Jeez, uh, AEW, please. I'm begging again. Do better with the women. Just do better. Uh, anyway, uh, we get a backstage segment. Alex Marvez is with Sheeta, and he talks about how Nyla Rose has been the number one contender for weeks. Who knew? <laughs> I, I guess we got to watch heels to know that one. <laughs> oh wait, we can't. <laughs> I mean, everybody on heels. All the women on the women who watch on heels. They knew she was the number one contender. I didn't know. I mean, did you know? I mean, did you know? Oh, I forgot. They're not with me today. All right. Anyway, uh, so Nyla Rose has been the number one contender for weeks, and she will not wrestle again until she gets her Titus shot. To which Sheeta grabs the mic and says, "Nyla Rose, full gear. We fight." 
it wasn't that bad, but it wasn't much better. So we have a title match. There we go. <laughs> Imagine that. We have a title match at the pay-per-view. Okay. Um, Sean Spears with Tully comes out for a match uh, versus VSK. While he's coming to the ring, they talk about what had happened on Dark. He trashed Scorpio's locker room. Now we know that Scorpio and Spears have been having this feud on Dark. That has spilled over to Dynamite a little bit. Um, and here we go. Now I see Spears on Dynamite. And I'm like, alright, we're going to do something with Scorpio and Spears. Possibly for the pay-per-view, we'll, we'll see. Spears gets in the ring. Smashes uh, VKS, VSK, sorry. With a C4. One, two, three. And then he's standing in the middle of the ring. And then all of a sudden, something comes flying in and hits him. And then another one comes. It was it was a bull, someone dressed as a bull, throwing Halloween candy in the ring. And I mean, all right, anybody with a brain, we all kind of figured out who this was. But I'll tell you, what I liked about it is when he went out to grab the bull, he pulled the bull back into the ring. And the bull sold that he was actually... You know, just some douchebag throwing candy. Until Spears went to load the glove. Then he took the bull, you know, mask off. And it was Scorpio. So, at least they tried to sell it. Good job on their part. Scorpio um, hits, uh, Scorpio Sky hits hits Spears with the TKO. uh, Takes him out. And then Tully fires a piece of candy at Scorpio Sky. And Scorpio goes at him. And Tully's like standing there like he wants to be 30 years younger, but he's not. Uh, uh, kind of weird, but all right. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe pre-show. Here we go. We got a match for Spears and Scorpio on the pay-per-view. Um, we'll see how that works out. Um, after a commercial break, we come back. Um, and guys, I know I'm buzzing through a lot of this and not taking a ton of time, but it's just me. Uh, give you my quick thoughts on it. Give a quick breakdown. You know, it's there's obviously nobody to banter with, so you know that's that's why we're breezing through it. And I mean, look at we we got forty minutes going already. I mean, I'm, I must have to get the gap or something. But anyway, uh, we come back from commercial, and they're giving you the um, the matches so far for the pay per view. And uh, it, it, I mean, it looks like it's pretty much set uh, given the uh, completion of the tournament. Uh, maybe you get another one or two. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. But uh, Moxley versus Eddie in the main event. Moxley versus Eddie Kingston in an I Quit match for the uh, AEW Championship. FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Titles. And if the Young Bucks lose, they can never challenge for the titles again. Stupider! Anyway, Sheeta versus Nyla Rose, as we talked about a few minutes ago. For the the um, women's title, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in an elite deletion match. Cody versus Darby Allen for the TNT title, as we talked about. MJF versus Jericho for a spot in the inner circle, as we talked about. And my boy, John Silver, number four, versus Orange Cassidy. And that is the match on the buy-in. So there you go. We get we got we have those matches for full gear, plus the winner of Omega and Pentagon versus Hangman Page um, 
to complete the uh, number one contender for the AEW title tournament will happen uh, next. You know, will happen also then too. Uh, next week, Spears versus Scorpio Sky on Dynamite. <laughs> I mean, I, I want, I'm glad they're doing the match. I'm glad people are going to see it. But could it not have been on the damn pay-per-view? But anyway, we get the match. Cody and the Gun Club versus that guy again, Silver, Cole Cabana versus uh, Cody and the Gun Club and a six-man tag match versus Silver, Cole Cabana, and Preston Vance, who's 10, um, in a match next week. And then we get an Eddie versus Moxley face-to-face. To which we head into the main event of the evening, Penta L0M versus Kenny Omega for the uh, final spot in the finals of the AEW number one contender for the championship title tournament. As we know, last week, Ray Phoenix won the match. He was talked out of fighting because of the arm injury by Eddie Kingston. Eddie talks him out of the match and then says, you got to take one for the family here. You got to let your brother fight. You got to forfeit your spot. Because when I beat Moxley for the title and Penta wins the number one contendership, I get to fight my best friend for the AEW title. And Ray went along with it. Also, when Penta enters, Ray tries to, I don't know, high five, too sweet him. I don't know what he was going for there. And Penta threw his arm down and stormed to the ring. More, this, you're getting brother first brother. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And Penta's the heel. And Ray Ray's going to make the baby turn. I love it. Uh, get him in the singles. We need more good singles. So here we go. So that's coming. Uh, sub story to this tournament, which we talked about last week. It, it, it's got to happen. They, I, they never, they, you know, something with the Lucha Brothers, they kind of like put them in these spots and then go away from it. They can't do that here. This has got to happen. Um, Kenny's entrance. Again, this is, uh, we're headed to something here. White House said last week the uh, the, the the cleaner girls there are kind of weird. They were wearing Lucha Brother masks, which is all right. I like the Justin Roberts part and the kind of traveling the world and the cities and everything else type thing they're doing. Pretty cool. Omega comes out and he has a the Street Fighter shirt, AEW sells the parody shirt. Okay, I can live with it. Looks like Kenny might have put on a little bit of muscle, too. Um, But anyway, he's wearing it when the match starts. Then finally he pulls it up to reveal. He's wearing that Triple A Omega, coincidentally, Triple A Omega Heavyweight Championship. He won from Ray Phoenix. He's wearing it under his shirt. So that was pretty good. Um, And he lays it down in the middle of the ring. And then uh, challenges Pentagon to a uh, to a uh, you know a uh, what do you, you know what do you call it like a you know a, a, like a slap off not not a slap off you know what I mean a, ch- a chop the chest chop off I guess you'd call it and they whack each other a couple times and then Kenny very uh, he he's uh, what do you call it uh, what's a good word for it um, intensity. 
I, I would call it intensity. Omega had a lot of intensity. Uh, and when he has intensity, this he's... I don't know that we're there yet with Omega. Now, we may get there at the pay-per-view. I don't know that we're there yet, but it's he were a lot closer to New Japan Kenny than we were four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Uh, and that's a good thing. I, I, I could sense it, and I could sense that this is going to be the face of AEW going forward. I, you could see it coming. You could see it coming. It has to happen. It has to happen. Uh, no shenanigans. No, it's it's Hangman's time. His time will come. MJF's time will come. It's time to make Kenny Omega the face of AEW. We've talked about it a ton. It's all right there for them. I'll say this. This was the best match I've seen on Dynamite since Dynamite started. Now, I, I literally thought about it for five minutes before I started the show to try to think of think of the next match that I could bring up to be like, even, you know, combat this. Not that there's been bad matches on Dynamite. There's been a lot of good matches. This was the best match I've seen on Dynamite. Omega and, and Penta L0M, Pentagon Jr., whatever you want to call them, they brought it tonight. This match was awesome. And that's why I think we're getting close with Kenny. Penta, you know, Penta is just, he's always good. And not that Omega's not always good, because he's always good also, but... Uh, the bar is so high with Kenny Omega. It's so high. If you're a real Kenny Omega fan, the bar is so high. He needs to touch a level or else you feel disappointed. And he got to that. This I'll, I'll go as far to say is probably one of his top three matches in, in AEW altogether tonight. Altogether. Uh... The Canadian Destroyer on the uh, on the ramp. Uh, I've been against them using that ramp. It always gives me, you know, whatever. Uh, but Penna, it was perfect. Um, the V-Triggers had a little extra mustard on them again. They, they weren't like the pussy-ass V-Triggers. These were these were thrown with intentions, these V-Triggers. The, uh, the snapping of the arm, making it harder for him to sink in that one-winged angel. Nobody kicks off from that one in, one one wing and angel. Um, Penta with a perfect package pile driver. You can't get a better. I mean, you cannot get a better package pile driver. You can't get. I would say you can't get a better destroyer, but his brother. Uh, and and then the package pile driver. Show me a better one. Ah, dude. Maybe yeah, maybe Steen. I don't know. It's been a while. You know. That, that, that package pile driver was awesome, and again, the V triggers had it all on them. One winning, one, one winged angel, one two three, um, and there you have it. The uh, the number one contender match is set for the pay per view. Add that in, and on a show that has Cody and Darby, FTR and the Bucks. MJF and Jericho, I gotta tell you, I will be utterly shocked if Omega and Hangman don't steal that pay-per-view. 
Like they, I, I don't care where it, it, it it's got to go towards. It's got to go towards the end. It has to. I'll tell you right now, if they do it too early, they're going to kill what's ever after it. I, you want to put the title last? I'm not against it. I want them to value that title. And one of their EVPs did a lot to disvalue it this week, but I'll get to that in a second. Put that match towards the end. I don't care what you got to do. Uh, I don't care what filler in between that and the main event you have to have. Put that match with Omega and Hangman towards the end. And give them a half hour at least. Please. Please, AEW. None of this 20-minute bullshit. Let them work the match. Not only because it could be a great wrestling match, given the two competitors in there. They have a lot to work out during this match. There's 10 minutes of, you know, we were tag team champions and we never... We haven't really spoken since we lost it type thing to be worked out in the first 10 minutes of that match. That needs to happen just for storyline purposes. And then we need 25 solid minutes of great wrestling. I, I, I would say give them 40 minutes. I don't care. I don't care what, I don't care what you got to cut short. I don't care if you have to throw in a squash match. I don't care if you have to have the pay-per-view be five hours. Give them the time. Please give them the time. I don't care if Moxley and Eddie is 10 minutes. Give the time to Kenny and Hangman. And listen, you got to give time to FTR and the Bucks too also. So there you go. Uh, That's, I mean, listen, that was Dynamite. Um, Good show. Uh, Not a lot to complain about. You know, I brought up a few things, but overall, good show. Um, I'll tell you this though. The flow of these shows changes every week. It's all. It really is. We've said this many times. And I'm not going to harp on it. It really is like someone else is booking this show every every single week. It's wild. Um, a couple things I wanted to bring up. Uh, I I kind of teased something at the beginning of the show. I wanted to get to. Uh, we. Uh, I know for sure White House. I, I know for sure I'm involved, and I know for sure White House is involved, and I'm pretty sure we will get. Um, we will get the uh, the mastermind Hollywood Edwards involved as well. A Hollywood uh, Hollywood. Ho- I, I I put Hollywood and Halloween together. <laughs> Jeez, good good thing I could shorten this single show here. I'm talking way too much. Anyway, Halloween special, a little spooky show for you. We'll do some wrestling. I'll get these guys' thoughts on their thoughts of Dynamite and some of the things I brought up tonight. We'll talk about some of the pay-per-view stuff going on. There's a few other things we could bring up that I sent to the guys this week. There is definitely one thing, and, I, and I'm going to leave you guys with this question. And I really, really think this... This a discussion needs to happen about this. And I, I don't know where the other guys are. I don't know where you guys are as fans. I know where I am on this one. Cody tweeted a picture of the TNT Championship and capital, capitalized the most important belt of the last year. The, capitalized the again, belt in wrestling. My mic didn't cut off. I was letting it sink in. Think about it. Do you agree? Get your thoughts in line. I'm going to ask White House. I'm going to ask Edwards. I want to hear their thoughts about it. I know what mine are. I'll save them for the next show. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. AEW Dynamite, a solo show from the icon, Daddy Cool AC. Retro Mania Wrestling Podcast Network. We love you guys. The numbers are awesome. We appreciate it. Shout out to Diamond Dave kicking out of two podcasts. Colby Nida from the uh, Guy Jing podcast and the uh, leader of Retro Mania. Love you guys. And of course, Cool Truth Podcast Productions. Nighty night, everybody.